All right, we're going to continue our series that we started called Peekaboo. Peekaboo Jesus or Peekaboo God Sees You. That's a, say, that's a weird title for a series, a Christmas series. Well, what we're doing is we're looking in several places where God is hidden. And uh, my main thing is here, I want to tie in your mind the Old Testament with the New Testament, and not only the Testaments, but also nature, also creation, how all of these things work together to show us God's heart, God's love, and God's Messiah. It's, it, it's so, so, I mean, when you begin to unravel it and, and, and it, as it begins to be revealed to us, it's such a wonderful thing. And today, well, first, first week we talked about the seed of the woman. And that is the first messianic, you say, what's messianic? Messiah. It's a prediction of the Messiah who is Jesus Christ. So it is the first prediction of the Messiah. In fact, it's called the seed, the seedbed of the gospel or the pre-gospel or the evangelium is what it's called. And that Genesis 3.15 prophecy of the Messiah. Last week I was gone. Did anybody miss me? I was gone. One. Eden missed me. Thank you. I love you, little girl. And uh, in fact, Eden's got me doing a Bible study with her during the Christmas season. I think there's about four of us that are doing that reading, and thank you for for doing that. Uh, But uh, last week, Joe talked about the Star of Bethlehem, and that is such a wonderful study, and that has to do with nature how nature declares. The Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God. And uh, we see how that two planets and a star lined up to make the star of Bethlehem. We saw Jupiter, we saw Venus, and we saw uh, Regulus. How they lined up at the precise time so that the, the wise men could follow the star to where Jesus was at in the house. He was a he was a young boy, young, a young toddler at the time. And uh, y- y'all do know that the wise men did not go to the birthplace, right? That, that's our tradition, and we'll talk more about that next, next week. But anyway, those lined up, and they led, they led the, sh- the, the wise men to where Jesus was at. And not only that, in the constellation themselves, the artwork of God, the... the and this was, this was from creation, that God set these laws into motion, how that the, the, uh, not only the planets but the constellations aligned and the moon and the, and the sun was in the perfect spot to, to paint a picture of the birth of Jesus. And, and, uh, so, but today we're going to talk about the Hebrew alphabet. The Hebrew alphabet. There are 22 Hebrew letters in the alphabet. And we've entitled today, The Case of the Missing Letter. There's a letter missing, and we're going to discover it. We're going to find it. We're going to find out what it means and what it stands for. Are you ready? Are you sure you're ready? Gene, are you ready? Get ready, get ready, get ready. Here we go, Leviticus 19. And you're going to see some Hebrew words. You don't have to remember the words because you won't. I had to rehearse them. Rehearse them over and over so that I could say them. But Hebrews, I mean Leviticus 19.1 says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, 
Speak to all the congregation of the children of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. That's a big order, isn't it? How holy is God? He is perfectly holy. Now, they've got some more of those if you want to raise your hand and they'll give you one. Uh, he's perfectly holy. And what's interesting, uh, here is the word right here. And the word is kadosh. Everybody say kadosh. So you said a Hebrew word today. There's a test at the end to see if you remember what that word is. Kadosh. And this is the spelling. When God says, I am holy, this is that spelling. It consists of four letters. One of those is this letter right here, and it's called Avav. Avav. When he told man to be holy, there's a different spelling. There's only three letters. Guess what's left out? This letter right here called the Vav. Why? Is that left out? That's what, we wanted to, that's what we want to discover today, why that is left out. There's a reason that it's left out. And uh, we're going to take a look at that. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at the uh, letter Vav and see what it's all about. So uh, T put up the Vav. There's the Vav. Okay? The Vav is actually made of two Hebrew letters. Uh, there is something called a yod. A y, uh, it's either it's pronounced yud or yod. We're going to say yod. Spell Y-U-D. And it is the smallest of all of the Hebrew letters. In fact, uh, Hebrew, the, the Hebrew rabbis will tell you that, that the yod is uh, it's the smallest and it begins with a dot. So that every Hebrew letter comes from the Yod. In fact, when you put your pen to the paper and you make your first dot, that's a Yod. Now, a Yod looks like this right here. Yod. This is a, this is a larger Yod, but it's still the smallest Hebrew letter. And what is interesting about the Yod, uh, as I said, it's the smallest Hebrew letter. And it's been said, the little letter that holds a lot. We could look at creation. In fact, the Hebrews will tell you that God created the worlds with the yod. And th this is an interesting thing because it's a dot. Scientists have, tr have traced back. Are you, are you listening to this? Scientists have traced back creation to a very, we got one right over here, to a very small point. You've heard of the Big Bang? How that when God said, let there be light, that all of a sudden there was this explosion of light. And scientists have traced it back to a, to a fine, fine point. And the Hebrews say, that's the yod. That's the yod. So God used the yod to create the heavens and the earth. That's why I say it's a little bit that, that holds a lot. But what's interesting about the yod is that it is the first letter in the name of God. The, the tetragrammaton, or the impronounceable, unwritable name of God. There is the most holy name of God. Uh, we call it Yahweh or Jehovah. 
Jews will not pronounce that name. They will not write that name because the Bible says don't take the name of the Lord in vain. So they don't use it or speak it in any way. They substitute when, when you see that name in, in Scripture, they say Adonai or they say Lord. But they will not say that name. But, but that, uh, that name, it's in your notes there under Yahweh. It, it's yod Hey vav Hey. And that is the name for uh, God, the, te- the Tetragrammaton. So the Yod represents God. Now put the uh, Vav back up. You see at the top of the Vav, what do you see? You see the Yod. It represents God. When you draw the line down, it represents man. In fact, in the, uh, in the Hebrew... I've got the Hebrew letter chart here. Of all, uh, there, there are several things. There, there is the uh, gematria, which has to do with the numbers that are assigned to the letters. And there's also the literal meaning and the symbolic meaning of each letter of the Hebrew alphabet. When you get to the, to the uh, Vav, it is the sixth letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And its, uh, its literal meaning is a nail. If you look at that, that looks like a nail. It also uh, has the, the symbolic meaning of and, to add, to secure, or to hook something together. So the, the idea here is that, is that this is a connecting word. It's a connecting word. The numeric value is six. What day was man created? He was created on the sixth day. Bible scholars tell us that there will be 6,000 years of man before the 1,000-year reign of Messiah. Revelation 13.8 tells us that the number of man, talking about the Antichrist, is what? 666. So so this valve is a representation of man. Now it's first mentioned in... Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Do we have that? Okay. Uh, the Vav is the sixth letter. The sixth, the sixth word or the letter in the, uh, in the Hebrew translation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, it's not in English, but it was written in Hebrew. The word and there is, guess what? It's the Vav. So what does the Vav do? It connects two things together. Look here, what does it connect? Heavens and the earth. The Vav is the connecting thing. In in Hebrew, if you see Vav at the beginning of a word, many times that has the connotation of and, and it's connecting two things together, this and that. It's used in, in the word generations. So what is it doing? It's connecting the generations. So-and-so begat so-and-so. So-and-so begat so-and-so. So-and-so begat so-and-so. It's a connecting letter that connects things together. And it, it is the... Now, this, this comes from Judaism. It doesn't come from Christianity, okay? Most of what I'm telling you today does not come from Christianity. Some of it does. But, but some of it... Most of it comes from Judaism. So the, the Vav represents mankind. 
in the pictograph, there is a different pictures of the vial. We said it, it represents a nail, a hook, or a peg, like a tent peg. Ten four. Okay. So, so the ideal, the ideal is that the valve is a connector. It it connects, hooks, or add things together. Thus, we get hook or nail. We looked at Genesis one one, how that it connects the heavens and the earth. It's translated and, uh, and it's in in many other ways throughout. So, but but I want to show you one instance where uh, th this ideal valve is used as a tent peg. It goes back to the tabernacle in Exodus 27, verse 9 and 10. One of the things that they did is they had a curtain around the, the tabernacle. And it was connected to the ground by hooks. Hooks. Now, th this is in your notes. We won't read this. But what's interesting, that word hooks is a yod and two valves. The idea there that it is a connector. Connector. And that's one of the pictures <clears throat> That's one of the pictures of the, of the word vav. In fact, it looks like something that you could drive into the ground, like a nail or a hook or a, a, a tent peg. So we're going to ask four questions today. And uh, let me make this statement. Let's go back to Genesis 1-1, if we can do that. In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. That word and is vav. Vav represents what? Man. So what in God's creation was the connection between heaven and earth? Man was. He was, the, he was the connection between heaven and earth. See, he had a direct relationship with the creator of the universe. See, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. There's not anything else that God created that's created in the likeness and the image of God. Now, the rest of it reflects, but guess what? We are made in the image and the likeness of God. The yod. And the extended, the extension is God connected to man. So the very thing that connected heaven and earth in creation was the man. It was the man. So let's go to Genesis chapter 2 in verse 4 and let's look at this. Now these are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now every time you see the word and there, guess what letter it is? It's a, it's a vob. It's a connecting. It hooks them together. There is, a, there is a connection between heaven and earth. I want you to look at the word generations there. The generations, and that says the history, but it's also translated generations. This is the word generations there. It's called toledoth. Say that with me, toledoth. Now you, now you know two Hebrew words. What was the first one? Kadosh and toledoth. 
This is the second one. This is called the perfect spelling. This is called the perfect spelling. And I want you to know that what we see here is what? There's a vav and there's a vav. So what is the picture here that God is saying? In his original creation, when he created uh, the divine order, he created the heavens and the earth. And one of the things that he said is that I'm putting man in charge. Who's in charge of the earth? Man is in charge of the earth. He says, I want you to, to, to take care of it. I want you to guard it. I want you to keep it. I want you to have dominion in the earth. I have set you there and said, this is my perfect order. This is the thing that I have set in motion. Adam and Eve were in a perfect relationship with God. They had no sin. There was nothing there that was this hurtful. But this is creation at its best. With man being where he needed to be. In the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. This is called the perfect spelling. This is only used one time. Any other time that the word generations is used, it's this spelling here called the imperfect spelling. What do we have? We have this letter. We have this letter. We have this letter. We have this letter. What's missing? The vav is missing. Then we have this letter. It's pronounced toledoth. Both of them are toledoth. But the vav is missing. Why is it missing? Let's go to Genesis chapter 5 because the next time it's used and for the rest of the, of the Torah, it's the imperfect spelling. Genesis 5.1 This is the book of the genealogy of Adam. This is the genealogy of the book of Adam. Guess what it's spelled? Without the second vav. Now what happened between Genesis 2-4 and Genesis 5-1. Can anybody tell me? What? I hear some mumbling. The fall of man. Yeah, there we go. The fall of man. So in Genesis chapter 2, verse 16, when God put them in charge, here's what he said to them. And the Lord... God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Hey, did Adam eat? Did Eve eat? Did they die? They didn't die physically, but they died what? Spiritually. So the ideal that death carries is the ideal of separation. So what are we seeing here? We're seeing something that was hooked together. Now it's disconnected. Interesting. Interesting. Here in Genesis 2-4, we see the perfect spelling. Man is in his place. He's doing what he's supposed to do. It's in perfect harmony. But when he sins, all of a sudden... No longer is it in perfect harmony, and the vav is gone. Why? Because there's a disconnect that took place. So our first question is, why did Adam, 
What did Adam before the fall have to do with the inclusion of the Vav? He was the connection between heaven and earth. The second question is, why did the generations of man lose the Vav? Because he sinned and there was a disconnect between them. The rest of the Old Testament the rest of the Torah, this is, this is the spelling, the imperfect spelling. There's only one place in the entire Old Testament besides Genesis 2-4 where the perfect spelling is used. Now let's go to Ruth chapter 4. I love the book of Ruth. I love to teach on the book of Ruth. <clears throat> Verse 18, now this is the genealogy. It doesn't use this spelling. It uses the perfect spelling. Only time, only two times in the Old Testament, Genesis 2-4 and Ruth 4-18. This is the gene genealogy of Perez. Perez begot Hezron, and Hezron begot Ram, and Ram begot Aminadab, and Aminadab begot Nashon, and Nashon begot Salmon, and Salmon begot... Boaz, and Boaz begot Obed, and Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David. So why is the Vah found in the generation of Perez? Interesting. Let's look at the Let's look at this, the Perez. You know the story behind Perez? Perez's daddy was Judah, and his mama was Tamar. Remember the story of Judah and Tamar? How that Tamar played the prostitute and was impregnated by her father-in-law, Judah? And she had twins in her womb. And when the time came to give birth, one of the twins stuck its hand out. And the midwife tied a scarlet thread, a scarlet ribbon on the baby saying, this is the firstborn. The baby pulls its hand back in and the other brother was born first. The second brother was born first. His name was Perez. That name means breach. What's a breach? It's a breaking. It's a separation. It's a unhooking. Interesting. Interesting. But God chose this generation to put the Vav back in. Was it because of Perez? No. Who was it because of? Matthew 1 1. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of who? David. This is the genealogy of Messiah. Interesting. This excites me. As much as I get excited, this excites me. <laughs> if I was a, wasn't so dignified, I'd shout. In the original creation, we see the Vav that represents mankind, Adam. From then on, 
when it talks about the generation of man, Adam, uh, Ishmael, uh, Israel, no matter, it, it leaves it out. But when we get to Ruth, which is very significant because it is the redemptive book, it puts it back in because Messiah is coming through the seed of David. So here's the question. Who does the restored valve represent? Interesting. Does it represent Adam? Did Adam redeem us? Did Adam connect us to God? No, we got disconnected through Adam. He started out connected, but he got disconnected. And because of his sin, many were made sinners. But because of somebody else's, one man's sin, many were made righteous. And that righteous man was Jesus, the Messiah. Got something I want to show you. Can you see that? What letter does that look like? What? Does that look like a valve? You know what that is? That's a nail. You know what kind of nail that is? That is a Roman crucifixion nail. It's interesting that it looks like a valve. Which came first, the crucifixion nail or the valve? Hundreds of years before. Does God know what he's doing? Does God know what he's trying to say to us? Does God know what he's trying to get us to see? Now this is little. So I had uh, Kara make me a, a picture. She took a picture of this. And I'm going to show you something here. Here is the imperfect spelling of Toledo, generation. What does that tell you? Who is the restored valve? Jesus. Let that... <laughs> Let that soak in. God is painting a picture through the Hebrew alphabet. As I said, most of what I have told you today comes from Jewish teaching. This part doesn't, okay? We're going back to this now. Quote a scripture to you. 2 Corinthians 5.21. This is the last verse. For he hath made him who knew no sin. Who is he who knew no sin? Jesus. To be sin for us. Who was the sinful ones? We were. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. When God talks about his holiness, it's with the vav. When he talks about our holiness, no vav. Why? Because we were sinful. 
This is why the law had to come. Because sin had to be defined. Could man live up to this? No. No way. We didn't even try. Even when we had the commandments, the Old Testament is a history of the failures of man to live the way that he should live. Therefore, if man is going to be holy as God is holy, he's going to have to do something. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The only way that that could happen is that right there. We can't earn it. We don't merit it. We don't deserve it. It's a free gift called grace. God gives us His righteousness. Does that affect our lives? Yes, it does. Well, we found our letter. And guess what? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Going to ask our prayer team to come if they would at this time. If you would stand with me. We're trying to show you Jesus as many ways as we can. We're going to look at the light of the world next Friday night. Don't miss it. Next Sunday, we're going to look at a prophecy on, in the Old Testament that really tells us where Jesus was born. And we're going to celebrate his birth next Sunday morning. Now, here's the question. God has done all of this stuff for us. He's painted such a beautiful picture of his love and his grace and his redemption. People look in the Old Testament and say, that God's a mean, vindictive God. Not at all. He hates sin and he judges sin when he has to. But his heart is grace. His heart is love. His heart is redemption. He's paid the price. He's paid the way. He's given us this freely. But guess what? We have to let it happen. We're the ones that have to choose, am I going to accept this or am I going to try to do it my way? Am I just going to try to be spiritual and hope I make it? Am I trying to, am I trying to build my way there by the good things that I do and if my good works are better more than my bad works and I'll be okay? That won't be enough. The only way we can get there it's right here. It's through what he did at the cross. Have you accepted that? If not, feel free to come forward today and accept that and let him change your life. Father, such a picture you've painted. You've painted it through prophecy, creation, through the heavens, and even through language. Lord, draw people to you today. May we love you. May we know you. May we accept you. In Jesus' name, amen.